This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcasts. Football Friday, Week 3, Eagles-Bengals Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field. A couple of 0-2 teams. I got Ray Dininger on the line to help break it down and preview it. But Ray, the first question I'm going to start with, how convinced are you that Carson Wentz can turn his play around and trend towards the 2017 Carson Wentz that the city became enamored with? Well, let's just take it one step at a time. Let's just start with the getting it turned around. And then <laughs> let's, just, let's just start with that. Uh, setting the bar at 2017, that, that's a ways off yet. He's Right now, uh, Wentz just has um, a lot of work to do just to get himself back on, a, on an even keel uh, and playing better. And then once you get him playing better, then you can begin charting the progress towards what he was when he was an MVP. Um, I'll, I'll settle for just let's let's have a better performance this week, and then we'll go from there. Fair enough. No, that that's fair enough. My follow up to that is, and I and I get this question from a column I read from David Murphy in the Inquirer. How much of what's happened so far, Ray, is on Carson or the talent that has been put around Carson? Well, like most things in football, I think there's elements of truth in both of that. I mean, this the team right now is uh, it's. Uh, it has some flaws. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, the offensive line has been rebuilt, uh, and uh, you saw what happened in Washington. Certainly played better last week, which was encouraging. But the offensive line this this year is no doesn't really bear much resemblance to the the team that won the Super Bowl. And the receiving core uh, is obviously not where it should be. And some of the guys that you've drafted, some of the guys that you've brought in uh, that you thought were going to be the solution, haven't been. So uh, I, I think that there's, you know, when teams go bad, when good teams go bad, the blame can be spread around to a lot of different people, and I think that's true here. Uh, I think you could blame the coaching to some degree. I think you could certainly point to the play calling, which I don't think has been particularly inspired. Uh, you look at the recent drafts, haven't been very good, and that goes to the front office. Uh, and then there's the play of the individual players, and the quarterback is a big part of that. I mean, I... I'm a Carson Wentz guy. I have been from the beginning. I still think he can be a winning quarterback in the NFL. I'm certainly not ready to give up on him after two bad games. Um, but if you look at the players around him and the way that they're playing right now, um, they're not exactly helping the cause. They, everybody, if they're going to get this thing turned around and play better and start winning some games, everybody on this offense has to pick it up. And the quarterback's part of it, but he's not all of it. What do you think of their wide receiver situation right now with Jalen Rager coming down with that thumb injury? Uh, it's not uh, it's not great. 
um, because you've got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside as a guy they drafted high uh, to become a big player, a big player, a possession receiver, a big body guy, a guy that I think they envisioned as being the successor to Alshon Jeffrey as the as their big red zone target. And right now, I mean, he's been a real liability. He's been he's, you know, just a total non-contributor. And, you know, Rager was a kid that they really wanted to work in uh, as a speed guy and a playmaker and a game-breaker. Uh, and they were certainly trying through the first couple games. They were doing everything they could to get him the ball, but now he's got the thumb injury and he's out for a while. You know, John Hightower's kid they drafted this year in the fifth round that I think has a lot of ability, but he's a fifth-round pick, uh, and uh, I think he's still got a lot of learning to do. I think you saw that in his first game in Washington. Uh, and you got Deshaun Jackson, who they have to – they feel like they have to monitor his snaps because they want to try and get him through the season and not lose him to injury. Um, and so you saw last week that he didn't really become a factor in the offense until the second half. But once they began getting him the ball in the second half was when the offense started to move. You know, even at this point in his career, in which we're well along in his career now, uh, he's still he's still the best wide receiver you got. And uh, I know the coaches don't want to overuse him and they don't want to risk injury, but I think you saw last week that he's got to get the football. He's got to be on the field and he's got to be a big part of the offense because that was the one stretch of the game where Carson Wentz looked like he was playing with some confidence. So how important is it then, Ray, for them to get the deep ball going this week? Well, uh, I, I don't know what your options are, really. I mean, it's Deshaun is, is still it, really. I mean, you don't have anybody else that can pose that threat. Uh, they tried to get they tried to increase their team speed this year, and they drafted Rager and Hightower, but Rager's unavailable to you, and I don't know if they feel like Hightower's ready to contribute in a major way. So if you're talking deep ball, you're really just talking about one player, and that's Deshaun. Uh, I don't know that I don't know if this is a game that you necessarily go into thinking you're going to win it with big plays. Um, I mean, I don't know how the coaches are approaching it. I know after looking at the Bengals on tape this week, that's not the way I would approach it. Um, the Bengals are a team that have a lot of weaknesses. I mean, they they're zero and two on merit. I mean, that, that, that's that's really what they are. I mean, they were a two and fourteen team last year. They're an zero and two team this year, possibly on their way to two and fourteen again. Uh, uh, but I think that when you look at attacking them. Uh, on defense, they're very, very weak uh, at the line of scrimmage. Their run defense is really poor. I mean, the Cleveland Browns beat them just really by running the ball. They ran it for 216 yards, and they actually could have run it for more if they wanted to. Um, so I think, to me, this is a game I think the Eagles can come out, and, and they, I think they can win this game with Miles Sanders. I think that I would be shocked if Sanders didn't go well over 100 yards in this game. And I actually think that's kind of the smart way to go. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz clearly is struggling right now, and I think this is a game that uh, you can kind of take a little bit of the pressure off him by just pounding the football, running it, and just letting him work play action off the run game. And, uh, and I think if they do that, I think they can control the game. I think they can dominate the game, actually. Uh, and I think that Carson Wentz can get into a nice little comfort zone where maybe he can start rebuilding his confidence. Interesting, interesting. Now, and then I'll and then I'll transition that Ray into the defense figuring out what the really the defense has to do in this game uh, Jim Schwartz said this week that he took the blame for what happened against the Rams he said the game plan he basically explained that the game plan was too simple he would have preferred more of a complex game plan after watching what happened to I guess narrow what he says narrow the focus of his players um, what was your reaction to Jim Schwartz taking the blame for what happened last week that was noble you know, it was it was a case of the coach 
stepping forward and saying, don't blame the players, blame me. Coaches, we've been seeing coaches do that a lot over the years. Um, and, look, I'll tell you, that I don't know that I criticize Schwartz for his game plan as, as much as uh, his inability to adjust once the game began. You know, I thought that uh, the Rams did a tremendous job, and Sean McVay, their head coach, did a tremendous job of play calling. Uh, and the way they the way they put plays together, the way they put drives together, the way they mixed up formations and and runs and passes, uh, I mean they had the Eagles' defense totally off balance really from the first series, and the Eagles never really did find their footing against them. Um, part of that's on them. Part of that's a credit to the Rams. Uh, the thing that's a little bit scary looking ahead to this Sunday's game is not that the Bengals are a great team right now because they're not, but they absolutely run the Rams' playbook. Uh, their head coach, Zach Taylor, was the quarterback coach under Sean McVay just a couple of years ago. Uh, so he runs the entire Rams offense. He just took that playbook, put it under his arm, and brought it to Cincinnati with him. So he's had he all of the plays that the Rams ran last week, he's got them in his playbook. And he now has the tape of last Sunday's game, and he saw how the Eagles reacted, or in some cases didn't react, to what the Rams were doing offensively. So I guarantee you he's going to take – the Sean McVay game plan, and he's going to bring it onto the field on Sunday. Now, does he have the same personnel? No. His line isn't nearly as good. And he's got a rookie quarterback, which, uh, you know, that's that's not the same thing as Jared Goff, who's got some experience. But the one thing that I, I really do feel about this Bengals team is that the rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow, is a really good player. Now, he's only played two games. He doesn't have a whole lot of NFL experience. Uh, but anybody that thinks that he's your typical rookie quarterback who's going to come in here and make a ton of mistakes and beat himself, I don't think so. This kid's a lot better than that. You know, Ray, you, you basically answered the next question that I had for you, which was, did Zach Taylor coming from uh, being a Sean McVay assistant, is he going to run similar stuff that Sean McVay did? And you just answered that, that, that he is. So then I guess my follow-up to that is, and you talk about Burrow and the talent that he is, and I guess really he poses one of the biggest threats to the Eagles in this game for the uncertainty that he's only playing his third game, but also the talent that he brings. Fletcher Cox hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. How concerning is that heading into Sunday? Pretty concerning uh, because uh, if you if you watch Burrow play to this point, uh, he's he's very poised and he's very smart. Uh, and that step from college football to the NFL has certainly not been too big for him, at least at this point. Um, one of the things that, that made him a great college player and a Heisman Trophy winner and the first pick in the draft was that, in addition to the size and the arm and the accuracy and everything, that he had a real good mind for football i mean you could just see he played he, he never made mistakes he always stayed calm uh he was always composed uh he can he can stand in the pocket and throw it he can throw on the run uh he's a good enough runner that he'll do the rpo stuff uh he can get out of the pocket and bootleg uh he's just a very very talented young man with a great head on his shoulders and you know the thing when you watch the Bengals, they the, the offensive line is not very good, and it hasn't been good seemingly for generations. Uh, but it doesn't seem to fluster this kid. I mean, he'll stand in the pocket, and he knows he's going to get rushed, and he knows he's going to get hit. But he doesn't hurry anything. I mean, he just stands in there, and he goes through his progressions. He'll do his one, two, three. He'll find the receiver, and he'll throw the ball. Now, he'll take the hit, but he'll deliver the ball to the right receiver almost every time. My only concern, and this is just for him, uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to the Eagles, but I, I just, 
You know, I mean, he, last week he threw the ball 61 times right. against Cleveland. If they ask him to throw the ball 61 times every week, he's not going to make it through a season. Uh, and he's also going to have a very short career. And I, I would hate to see that happen. Uh, but right now that's the matchup that the Eagles have to deal with. And they have to, they know, that I, I really think, I'm pretty confident the Bengals are not going to be able to run the ball very much. So this is a game where Burrow's probably going to be throwing it. I don't know if he's going to throw it 60 times, but he'll certainly throw it 40. And what the Eagles have to do is they have to get a lot more pressure on him this week than they did on Jared Goff last week. So key matchups, Ray, you talked about getting the running game going against a questionable run defense, having Miles Sanders be a star of this game, putting pressure on the young rookie quarterback. What else do you think the Eagles need to do on Sunday? Just don't turn the ball over. You know, that's... Uh, that you know they're they're in a cycle right now that uh, I mean they've turned the ball over more than any team in football and when you really look at it uh, the turnovers are uh, certainly the turnovers are what beat them in Washington I mean they were in complete control of that game uh, until Wentz threw the first interception and then the second and that totally flipped the game and they lost that one last week's game they turned the ball over on the first series the Rams turned it into an immediate touchdown and then in the second half when the Eagles began coming back a little bit. Uh, and they had that drive down the field where they actually could have taken the lead. It's another interception, another turnover that flips the momentum back to the Rams. So, yeah, I mean that's, I mean that you could say this about almost any game, any week is the turnovers. You you have to win the turnover battle. So I'm not exactly breaking new ground by saying that. But given the problems that the Eagles have had for the first two weeks here, that's certainly absolutely a must this week. Is they cannot turn the ball over again. If they can just if they can just control the ball and not turn it over, uh, they'll win this game, and they could very they could very well win it easily. Well, Ray, since the start of this conversation, you have not described the Bengals as a very good football team. So the prediction I made around six o'clock this morning might sound really foolish. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, like considering the Eagles' wide receiver situation and the way Carson Wentz has played. The fact that Fletcher Cox has not practiced this week, and, and on top of that, and maybe this is a silly way to look at it, but the Eagles have not fared well against Cincinnati in their history. I know this is not a good team right now, and they're 0-2 for a reason, but the Eagles are 0-3-9-1. Oh th- oh, oh, they're 3-9-1 against the Bengals in their 13-game history, and they haven't beaten the Bengals since 2000. I believe there's something like 0-3-1 oh, in their last four matchups against the Bengals. So I picked at the Bengals, 24-17. to 17. Tell me why I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you make a good case there. And uh, the Eagles aren't playing well either. I mean, they're 0-2 for a reason as well. Um, but I think in a matchup of two 0-2 teams, I think the Eagles are still the better team. Uh, and I, uh, I just think when I look at the matchup, to me the big one is the Eagles' offensive line, which I thought played certainly better against the Rams this week. Uh, and actually play very good in some stretches, uh, can really can come out, and I think they can kind of push around this Bengals front. Uh, and if they do that, then it's pretty easy matter. Just keep feeding the ball to Miles Sanders. Uh, and I think that they can control the game that way. And as it goes along, if they can get the running game going, not necessarily put all the pressure on Wentz's shoulders right from the beginning to make a lot of big throws and big plays. Let the running game carry it. Let the running game get you ahead in this game and just kind of ease Wentz into it and let him pick his spots and throw when he wants to throw, not put him in a lot of third and 11s. So uh, that's what I kind of see. Um, I mean, the Bengals, you're right. The Bengals, as bad as they have been and for generations now, uh, they seem to have had the Eagles number. 
Uh, and but the Bengals right now, I mean, they're they're two and sixteen in their last eighteen games. They they never win on the road. Um, I think that the Eagles are going to come out this weekend. I'm not going to tell you they're going to play great because right now they're not a great team. But I think they still have enough to get by the Bengals and get their get their season hopefully back on track. And, and what is your final prediction with the score? Well, I think it's going to be high scoring. You know, because the Bengals defense isn't very good. Uh, and, uh, but the Bengals offense and this young quarterback, they're, they're rolling. I mean, they, uh, I mean, he can, he can, he can sling it. Uh, and he's got some good receivers and he spreads the ball around. So I think they're going to score too. Um, I think this might be a, a, an entertaining game for two 0 and two teams. I think you're going to see some points scored, but in the end, I think the Eagles will have more. I'm saying Eagles 30, Bengals 21. 30-21 Eagles, and Ray predicts that they are going to avoid an 0-3 start, which they had not had since 1999 when Doug Peterson was briefly Andy Reid's quarterback. Uh, Ray, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll break it down Monday morning. Always a pleasure, David. I'll talk to you then. Talk to you then, Ray. Thank you. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of 94 WIP. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.